Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. I am your host, Shay Sparks, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, where we spark leaders in transition who are unclear, go from fear to fired up about their life and business. And if you wish to talk more in depth about coaching, heart and mind fitness, brainstorming for your business, podcasting, and or veteran resources, connect with me, Shay, today at the Calendly link in the show notes on your podcast platform. And today, our guest is the amazing David Wood. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you. I like being introduced as the amazing David Wood. It's almost like I'm in a circus. Yes, circus. Or the incredible David yes. Wood. Yes, there you go. Yes. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, after life as a consulting actuary, Fortune 500 companies, David Wood built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching. Discovering that shiny object syndrome is an epidemic among high performers, David coaches rock star business owners to double revenue, achieve more in less time, and be a more extraordinary entrepreneur, parent, partner, and leader. And he has just written a new book that's coming out soon called Mouse in the Room, and you can find out more on his website at mouseintheroom.com. So David, I always like to dive in and ask the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Well, firstly, I'm struck by what you just said in the bio. And I know I've heard that bio before because I wrote it, but you said about it being extraordinary. And it hadn't occurred to me before that this book that we're launching, which I know we'll get to called Mouse in the Room, is about how to be extraordinary. Mm -hmm. It's about how to be an extraordinary partner, parent, leader, and human. So I'm glad that you sparked that in my mind. And, and in this episode, I'm sure we're going to talk about how to be extraordinary. Now, what does it mean to invest in people? Wow. We're talking about other people right now, not yourself or the whole gamut? Either. Okay. Well, let's start with one person, yourself, right? Me. So Imagine that someone took away from you 50% of your personal growth and development and awareness and level of consciousness that you have developed over the course of your people who are less aware than you. You see them do stuff and you're like, how could you possibly make that decision? Or how could you possibly say that or think like that? You don't even realize you're playing the victim right now. Like you see people like that because you might be at a different level. If someone said, I'm going to take away 50% of that, Hell no. Who's going to say yes to that? I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to be that person. I want to keep what I've got and ideally expand. So investing in ourselves, I think, is critical so that we continue to become more self-aware. Oh, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. This is what I'm doing right now. That's not going to work very well. This is the game I'm playing. So investing in ourselves, I mean, I got hooked on at the age of 27. I'm 53 now and if you're not investing in yourself that's okay but if you love your life if you love your life and you don't particularly want any change great stay the way you are but for most of us no i want to learn and grow and it takes faith 
and it takes commitment. You got to go and do that course and invest, put, throw some money down. You got to get that coach and work with that coach. You got to listen to Shay's podcast and, and read books and actually apply them. A lot of people read books, then go and apply them because where coaching comes in. So that's investing in ourselves. Now, investing in other people, all in a corporate context, that's fairly simple. You're going to train your staff and I think you should all go and buy them all a copy of Mouse in the Room is a great investment in your staff and in people. I invest in relationships more than people. I mean, okay, I invest in people. I paid for a friend of mine to go and do the Landmark Forum. That's investing in people. Sometimes I've loaned money or just given money, but I'll invest in a relationship by perhaps sending a note to somebody. Or I'm going to send a gift, which reminds me how to write that down. I'm going to send a gift to a client with a quote that I know had an impact on her. And that's an investment in her, and, but in the relationship. Tony Robbins said years ago, he said on stage, send a card once a year to the people who matter. It builds goodwill. It's like, it's like goodwill in the bank. So that if you ever do need something, they're more likely to show up and say, yeah. And I think that's, so I think I know more about investing in relationships and investing in oneself than I do about investing in other people. I love that. And that's kind of why I asked the question, because it's always, I believe starts with self first. You have to invest in yourself first, and then it naturally overflows onto others. Yeah. So, so I love your answer and you're investing in self when you in, in others by writing a book and sharing your wisdom. It just not when you learn it's knowledge and when you share it, it becomes wisdom. So how, wow, <laughs> wow. That's good. I had not seen that. So by writing the book, I am investing in people. Absolutely. I'm actually putting two years of my life and all yeah. the dollars and whatever into other people so it can flourish in the world. I love that frame. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, so what inspired you to write the book in the first place? Somebody said, somebody said in a course that I was doing, you've just got to name the thing. You just got to name the thing that, that thing that's between you, that thing that's happening in the room, the thing that's happening inside you that hasn't being said, you have to name the thing. And she just kept on saying, name the thing for 10 minutes. And finally, I got what she was saying. There's power in naming. Now let's go back 50 years. I wasn't taught to share my inner experience with the world. Right. My parents didn't say, David, how do you feel about that? What's happening in your body right now? Oh, you're angry? Say more about that. Yeah, I could see how you'd be angry. I might be too. What do you want to beat a pillow? Do you want to like go outside and break something? That didn't happen. Right. It was the opposite. It was like, if you're crying, you, you could get in trouble. If you're angry, you could get in trouble. And so for a lot of my life, I didn't even know what the things are mm. that's going on. I've just jumped to my brain and jumped to a solution. Now, the good news is 
I got great at business and money and system. That is consulting to Ford and Sony, Exxon in New York at the age of 24. So that was the upside, but I hadn't learned about the emotional landscape and how to generate true connection, intimacy, trust, and leadership. Mm. I didn't know about that. So I had to embark on a on 20, 30 years of study to catch up with all those missing pieces. And when she said, you've just got to name the thing, I was like, oh my God, I can take one fundamental piece of life-changing communication and share that with the world in a way they can understand it. Yeah. And the way we came up with mouse in the room, hang on, I got to write that down. <laughs> like as we do these interviews, I get like things that might be the source of an article. So one fundamental piece of life-changing communication. Like there it. you go. <laughs> yeah, whenever I get clarity and brevity, I'm a fan. And, and the reason it came up with mouse in the room is I thought, well, what have we got in society we already understand? And the full title of the book is Mouse in the Room Because the Elephant is Not Alone. So we all know about the elephant in the room. You see right. it, I see it, no one's saying anything. Right. Well, yeah, we should start with that. We should start with addressing the elephant in the room. That's a leadership move to say what no one else is saying. And the thing is, it goes so much further because the elephant's just the beginning. He's the front runner at the zoo, yes. but there's so many creatures in the room are much more subtle. It might be a feeling I'm having. I might be disappointed by something you did last week. Haven't said anything. That's not an elephant. You don't even know about it. Right. That's a mouse. Mm. It could be if I'm two minutes late and I don't say anything, I might be thinking, oh, is she annoyed? Mm. I'm embarrassed. I like to be on time. If I don't name these mice, it could be weird. And who knows what's going on for you? We've got to discover these mice, whether it's in the playroom with kids, whether it's in the living room with the family, whether it's in the bedroom sexually, whether it's in the boardroom. We want to discover our mice and then artfully name those mice because life gets way better on the other side of these sometimes scary things to name. So I love this. And so I'm just curious because I've kind of, I was able to read a little bit about your book. So what are some of the names? Some of the names, well, we've identified eight different categories of mice. Okay. And I'll share some of them. The rest you'll have to get the book to read. Yeah. But one could be a toleration mouse. It's something that you've been putting up with and you don't like it. It's good to know. You, you might just know, I don't like this situation or whatever, but what is it about it? On the heels of that, hopefully will come a desire mouse. And it's been said, my friend Kendra Kunov says that complaint is just a lazy desire. Mm. And so, all right, your toleration, what's your desire? What is it you want? Do you want something in the bedroom? Do you want something to not happen in the bedroom? Do you want something from your kids that's not happening? You want something from your boss? You want something from yourself? Let's identify these beautiful desire mice and then find a way to artfully name them so other people in the universe have a chance to actually give that to us. And a third favorite of mine is confession mouse. Confession mouse be something that you did, something you might feel some shame about, some embarrassment about. You might be worried about the consequences of that. You might be worried about getting found out. Or maybe you were found out, but it hasn't been cleaned up. 
confession mouse can change your life. Well, I love that you put names to the actual things. That's what's happening in us. Cause I believe anything that we resist persists. So when you are resisting that feeling of shame or that feeling of, I haven't said what I need really need to say to this person or explain what I really desire, you're just allowing that troublesome challenge to keep feeling it. So I love that you've come up with this framework to really be able to allow people to be able to share. So was there a time in your life that you weren't sharing to a specific person and you were like, you know what? I really, I need to do this. When she said, you have to name the thing. Was it like, oh, I identify it's that person. I really need to be clear in what I'm talking about with them. No, it was more of a slow boil than that. So by the time she said that, I'd been mouse naming for a long time. And I think it started for me, well, early on, I wasn't very good with secrets, particularly with my partner. I can see it. I did something horrendous at the age of, I think I was like 18 or 19. I had my first serious relationship, got drunk one night and cheated on her. Mm. And when I woke up sober the next day and hung over, I was horrified. Like if I could have just gone back in time and taken that back, I was horrified. And it wasn't even an option for me to keep it a secret. I know a lot of people do, but I'm like, how am I going to relate to this person who I love with something like that in between us? Mm-hmm. I know I might lose her if I name this confession mouse, but the honorable thing at that stage seemed to be give her the information and let her choose right. what she's going to do. So even, and by the way, I want to say that that was such a powerful and painful lesson Sure. that in the years since 18, and I'm 53 now, I have not cheated on one partner, even like the slightest breaking of an agreement that I can recall. So it was a really powerful lesson. Sure. And who knows if I'd hidden it and tried to cover it up, maybe I wouldn't have gotten that lesson. Yeah. But so I've always been a bit like that, like more on the bold side of sharing, but it was when I went to Landmark Education Mm. and I got coaches as Mm -hmm. I went through their programs and they would keep on coaching me to go and name these mice. They didn't call it that, but name these things that were unnamed with people in my life where I felt resentment or felt incomplete or felt guilty. And it was very scary, but with a coach, it's a lot easier. And I would, these are some big mice for me. I would call a bully from high school from 20 years earlier and say, Hey, I've been resenting you for 20 years because of this and I'm letting it go and you don't have to do anything. I just figured I'd call you and let you know. And sorry, I've been holding on to that for so long. Had a mind blowing conversation with that guy who I'd hated for 20 years. He said, Oh, well, what can I say or do now to help us move forward? Wow. Powerful. Like what? We became friends. I ended up having a beer the next time I went back home. So it's just mind blowing. It's scary. The metaphor that came up today is it's like there's a scary forest and you're wondering, is there an ogre under that bridge? And is there a witch hiding behind that tree? And what's that sound? And so most people avoid the forest. Yeah. Don't go in there. But all the good stuff is on the other side. 
of that forest, the deeper connection you've always craved, being the parent you've always wanted to be, being the leader that people want to follow. All of these things are on the other side of that somewhat scary forest. And once you go into it, it's like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. I named that mouse and it actually went well. Name that mouse and okay, they got upset with me for a while, but then they got over it. Now we're in a better place. So go into that forest and find your mice and they'll become a lot less, less scary. Actually, what happens is those mice become less scary and then you build the confidence to address the bigger ones. The Absolutely. ones that today seem like I could not ever say that. You build up the confidence. So I've been at it for a long time, say 25 years. There's still things that trigger me and I'm like, I just can't. Oh my God, this is going to be a horrendous conversation. I don't know how to have it. Or this is going to be really awkward. I still have it. Fortunately, the book outlines a three-step process to take to walk you through it. So you can discover what your mice are, decide if you're going to name them. And then I just lost my train of thought because I was thinking about something else that's cool. And then disarm the person mm -hmm. so that they're in a space ready to receive it. Yeah. It's called, call it a 3D process. I love it. I love it. And I just want to acknowledge you for being so brave at 18 to come clean because that I can't imagine was easy, but I'm so glad that you did. Cause like you said, you learned such a mighty lesson from it. And I did. When, yeah. And she broke up with me as she should. And I had to earn her trust back mm -hmm. and it took a lot. Yeah. And, and we ended up getting married. Wow. Yeah. And I now I just learned that it was so painful to have to tell her that and watch the impact sure. and see what she was going through. And I just learned like, this might be too much information, but I do a lot of out there things in my training and my personal growth and investing in myself. And I've gone to courses where they encourage us to be quite amorous and you guys should make out and you guys, whatever. I've had a woman that I'm crazily attracted to right in front of me, begging me to kiss her in, an, in another country. And I'm like, no. And it was so hard, but I'm like, no, I know what it feels like to break an agreement. I'm not going to do it. I had a naked woman who I've been attracted to for years saying, just hold me, just hold me. No. Mm. Get behind me, Satan. I've never shared that. Never shared that on an interview. But I just, people often say, they think, oh, don't get yourself in a certain situation because there's temptation or whatever. Mm. No, I've learned that temptation's not enough to get me to break an agreement. It just feels so horrible. So find your mice, name your mice. There's so much growth that's possible instead of just hiding and staying away from the forest. No, let's get in there. And now it takes courage, but let's get in there and find out what we can learn. Yeah. The other person might get upset. You might, if it's a really big mouse, you might risk losing the relationship or losing the job. We, so the second part of the 3d process is decide. We help you weigh up the options and really look what's the upside out of naming the mouse. What's the downside? And are you willing to roll the dice with it? And I hope you are. 
what too many people do is they don't even weigh up the options. They just go, that's going to be awkward. Not going to do it. Right. Stop doing that. Right. Stop doing that. This book will help you actually look at it and evaluate it. And 80% of the time, it's probably worth it to go and name that mouse. Particularly the scary ones, the scariest ones have the biggest payoff. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, you mentioned the landmark forum. One of the things that I learned when I took the landmark forum is that when you're scared to do something, it's an indicator that you need to do it so that you can receive the benefit. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. If you're yeah. nervous about saying it or you don't want to say it, take a closer look. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Oh, I don't want to hurt the person. Okay. That's good. They might feel hurt. What's the upside of saying it? Right. Well, they get to hear the truth. They get to make a decision based on the truth. I had to tell a client that, that we'll need to stop coaching at the end of the month. And I knew that could be upsetting. So it was awkward for me, but I stayed with her during like, how is that for you? It's gold. I keep coming back to this forest. There's a scary forest, yeah. but on the other side of that forest lies the true connection the true intimacy, the true confidence, and the true leadership that I think we all crave. I completely agree. I love it. So where can people buy your book? Do you have a website or is it on Amazon? Thank you. Yeah. Go to mouseintheroom.com. How easy is that to remember? Mouseintheroom.com. And then if you're willing to play as part of the campaign, I mean, yeah, buy the book for sure. But We'd love you to buy the book, post on social media that you bought it so your friends can all be mouse naming too. It's a lot easier when your friends are naming mice than to try and do it in isolation. So buy the book, post it on social media. And if you think it deserves a five-star review, please leave one because that's how we can get it to a bestseller on Amazon is with those positive ratings and reviews. Let's start a mouse naming revolution. I love it. I love it. Well, I know we could talk forever, obviously, because we're so passionate about personal development. So I always like to leave with this question of what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right this moment? Huh. I know there is one because I've mentioned it recently. I'm just seeing if it comes back to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is borrowed from EFT emotional freedom technique. If I notice a thought coming up that I don't like, like I'm obsessing over something or a feeling like I'm feeling nervous about hearing elevator sounds from my bedroom. Some, um, I have been noise sensitive in the past. <clears throat> I've been putting two fingers on my solar plexus and saying such and such is coming up. Might be Anxiety is coming up. However, I completely love and accept myself. Yes. My body and my personality. And even the fact that anxiety is coming up, I love and accept because it is a part of me. Mm. And it is only a part of me. It's a long mantra, but that's what I'm using. And it's quite delicious. Well, it's works, especially EFT work. So I love this. I love it. Well, David, thank you so much for spending time with us today. I know you're super busy and I can't wait to see how everything unfolds for you in the future. So thank you for being here.
My pleasure. Thank you for the great questions. And thank you for listening to the Power of Investing in People podcast. If you enjoyed this interview, because why wouldn't you? David's brilliant and he took probably took some notes. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest review and share this with a friend and maybe even buy their buy the mouse in the room book as a gift for them, because that would be even helpful for the both of you. So until next time, let's get fired up. This podcast is a proud partner of the Heroes Media Group, Lima Charlie Network, and Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Sponsored by Sparks of Fire International, where we get you fired up about your life and business, and Quest Education. What if you could use the money inside your retirement account, penalty, and tax-free, and use that money to start your own dream business? Our friend Daniel Blue from Season 5, Episode 5 over at Quest Education is so kind to give you, our listeners, their How to Grow Your Money Tax-Free online course completely complimentary just for listening to today's show. We invite you to find out more about their generous opportunity at the link in the show notes. So just imagine the business you could start with your freed up money.